Hi guys, it's Marcus here. And in the second part of the revelation of this drama, from the least to the greatest, the messengers will explain just how Jesus chose the least likely people to be used as the greatest, and he still does this today. So no matter who you are, our God wants to use you to become the brightest shining light in his kingdom. This is Marcus and Trisha, and we are the Messengers with a capital M. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and we're excited to come back to you guys with today. We know it's been about a month since we uh, did part one of our explanation from the least to the greatest, but uh, we are back today and we are ready to bring you part two of the explanation and kind of get, get a little bit deeper into what the, the play that Trisha wrote is all about. In the Bible. That's right. Scripture-wise and what it all means to you and to me. That's right. Scripture shows a lot about how the least will be the greatest. Right. And we will go through this and kind of show you that even if you're not so important <laughs> here on earth, you will be important in the kingdom of God. Right. So get your Bibles and get your listening ears on. Put on, put on your head, big old head, headphones, man. I found that those are the greatest to listen to not only music but podcasts, too, because you don't bother other people around you. Although, you know, you may want to yeah. bother other people. With That's words. right. So that'd be great, too. <laughs> That's just your Tell way of witnessing. Tell about the Messengers Radio. <laughs> That's right. All right, so without any further amount and do. <laughs> Some people may not know what that is. That's a drink. <laughs> so. Anyway, so we discussed in the play, it talks about how the littlest star became the star that was over Jesus' birthplace because she was willing to be used. And that's a very important thing. That's the only way that God can use us is if we're willing. So we need to always be ready and always be willing. Well, Jesus displayed this example over and over on his time here on earth. Mm -hmm. So first we want to start with the disciples. They were unlearned and unlikely to become friends of Jesus. They were simple fishermen, a hated tax collector, and most importantly, they were not Pharisees. And that's a big capital N-O-T, I see. It is. <laughs> because those were the people, the Pharisees thought, oh, when he comes back, he'll come for us. You right. know, we'll know him. And that's not why he came back at all. He's coming back for us only. Yeah. Yeah. That was very wrong. Right. And Jesus himself said that he was not here for the healthy. Right. So let's take a look at that. Uh, open your Bibles up to Mark 2. And we're going to look at verses 16 to 17. And the one that I'm going to be reading is out of the NLT. A little bit different from the NIV, but the NLT is the New Living Translation. Mm -hmm. So like I said, Mark 2, verse 16 through 17, says it like this out of the NLT. But when the teachers of religious law who were Pharisees, saw him eating with tax collectors and other sinners. They asked his disciples, why does he eat with such scum? Ooh. That's pretty, that's pretty harsh. It is. And Pharisees didn't realize they were the scum, really. <laughs> so when Jesus heard this, he told them, the Pharisees, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, <laughs> big slap in the face right there, but those who who know they are sinners. That's right. I think it's important because he was saying to the Pharisees, I haven't come to those who think 
they are righteous. That's right. So I, I, just, I just wonder if the Pharisees kind of squinted at his eyes, squint. <laughs> <laughs> well, they tried to plot how to kill him. Well, of course so. they did. Because he was, you know, saying everything that they had learned was he was turning against them. Right. Because they didn't understand and they thought they were right and they weren't willing to learn. Right. Some of them were and some of them converted and, and that was great because they knew at that point that they were sinners. Right. So they came before him and, and he showed them the way too. Yep. So Jesus started with the least likely people, the disciples, and use them to turn the world upside down. They started from the least, and now they're some of the most well-known people in the Bible. They were the greatest in spreading the gospel around the world. Wow. Yeah. How cool is that? It's amazing. Wouldn't it be cool to have your have a chapter of the Bible named after you? <laughs> oh, I have. Mark. That's right. <laughs> So here are some parables that show this very idea of people who were the least being used as the greatest examples. Right. So Jesus stated explicitly that unless we come as little children, we will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Wow. I bet that threw them off. Yeah. threw them all for a loop. What? Yeah, may I go be a little boy again? <laughs> Alright, so Mark 10, and I did not use helium, I promise. Mark 10, verse 13 through 16, out of the NIV this time, talks about the little children and Jesus. It says, people were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. That would like, be amazing. I think cool to be a little kid and be blessed by Jesus. You, don't, you know, you're a little kid, you don't really understand what's going on. But right. man, you get older in life and say, hey, I'll uh, be a great opening line. Hey, you know, I was blessed by Jesus. He put his hand on me. Bam. <laughs> bragging That's rights true. bragging rights yeah definitely bragging rights <laughs> I was one of Jesus's trusted <laughs> in Mark 5 Jesus shows us this principle at work with the woman with the issue of blood yes in Mark 5 verse 24 to 34 out of the NLT it says it like this Jesus went with him and all the people followed crowding around him a woman in the crowd had suffered 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him, through the crowd, and touched his robe, for she thought to herself, If I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of the terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, Look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened, 
to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what had, she had done. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. That's amazing. Yeah. And she, she was, and since she was so sick, she was not allowed to be around people. She had to wear different clothes, and she had to say that she was unclean. Right. So she was really putting everything on the line, her very life, right. just to go and touch his robe because she had that faith. Right, because if she had touched anybody out there being dressed the way she was, they could have stoned and killed her right there. Yeah. And that was the law. Yeah. Glad so, that's changed. Yes, me too. <laughs> So another example was Jesus and the Canaanite woman, and that is found in Matthew. Right, Matthew fifteen twenty one to 28. And this again is out of the NIV. Just going back and forth. <laughs> so leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from the vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus didn't answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, Send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, It is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And Jesus said to her, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. So Jesus did not associate, the Jews did not associate with the Canaanite people. So for her to come and ask Jesus so adamantly to help her, you know, that was a big deal. And and Jesus you know, had that faith. And we don't know if Jesus was just waiting for her to show her faith. But when he said, woman, you have great faith, because she had put everything on the line again for her daughter to be well, then that was that was a great thing too. And he saw that faith. Yeah. She was the least, you know, she was a woman, which is a, a lesser person than a man in the, to begin with. And then she was back then. And then she was a Canaanite on top of that. So she was really considered the least of the least. But she became great because that example made it into the Bible. Right. So in Luke 16, we get a glimpse from the rich man's place in hell to Lazarus in the kingdom of God. This is really an interesting story. All right, so this is a little bit longer than what we normally read, but this is uh, definitely worth it. It's Luke 16, verses 19 to 31, and out of the NIV. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus. And this is not the one that Jesus raised from the dead. But he was covered in sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came to lick his sores. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was in torment, 
he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you a great chasm has been set in place, so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross from over there to us. He answered, then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them, so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. And he said to him, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone from the dead rises that's right so that's long but it shows that lazarus was sick here on earth but he trusted in god and he was the least of the least mm -hmm. i can't even imagine having open sores and that's just disgusting but that's how it was mm -hmm. but the the rich man had all his stuff in life. He thought he was so important and probably even people thought he was important because he was rich and he did all these things. But that was his reward. He had his reward here on earth. And then he didn't trust God, so he did not go to heaven. But Lazarus, who trusted in God, went to heaven. So even when it seems like the least person that you can imagine, if they trust in God, they'll go to heaven. And maybe some of the sports people of our day or the people who are big in entertainment and rich, if they don't know God, if they don't put their trust in Him, they are not going to heaven. That's the main thing, is they have to put their trust and faith in Jesus Christ and repent of their sins. If they don't do that, they won't make it. That's right. That's just the plain and simple gospel. Mm -hmm. you know, it's not, I'm not trying to water it down, but I'm telling you, uh, that's what it is. You must repent of your sins and you must receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It's nothing more, it's nothing less. It's just the simple gospel, and if you don't do that, then you have an eternal eternity separated from God in hell. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's a scary thing to think about, but it's the yeah, truth. It is. Even when Jesus ate with the Pharisees, he taught them to not be so arrogant. This sinful woman before them was greater in his eyes at that moment and here we'll read the story about that right this is Luke 7 verses 36 to 50 another long one yeah. out of the NIV it says when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him he went to the Pharisees house and reclined at the table a woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisees house so she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume as she stood behind him at his feet weeping she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who was touching him and what kind of woman she is. 
that she is a sinner. Mm. <laughs> so Jesus knew what he was saying. So Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. He said, two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he forgave the debt of both. Now, which of them will love him more? And Simon replied, Well, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned towards the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You do not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You do not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. Then Jesus said to her, Your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, Who is this that even forgives sins? And Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. That's right. And that's a great story because, because the Pharisees, like we talked about earlier, thought they were so special and so wonderful and that, that Jesus would be just coming for them and speaking with them. And uh, they could even, I don't know if they thought they could teach him something, yeah. but they, you know, they were just of that mindset. And this sinful woman who had done bad things was so repentant in her heart that she came in and did all these things for Jesus. And, and the Pharisee got mad, but Jesus was like, did you do this for me? You know, what did you do? Right. And so, so that just showed. And, and then he said, your sins are forgiven. So that is just an amazing story. <laughs> I like that. Here's another story. Jesus showed compassion on a woman at the well in Samaria. She was the least of the least since she was not only a Samaritan, but also an adulteress. The whole story is found in John 4, 1 through 26. We're not going to read the whole thing, but here are some highlights from that. All right, so John 4, verse 9 out of the NIV says, The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. That's right. So we can backtrack on that and just kind of put the story in order. He had gone to Samaria. There was a woman at the well, and he had eventually asked her for a drink. And then she had replied that, How can you ask me to give you a drink? So he knew who she was, but offered her the same chance at eternal life as we have even today. Yep. And she cer he certainly did. It was amazing, though. All right, so... Keep, keeping going on with this, uh, John 4, verses 13 to 14 says this. Once again, out of the NIV. Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Great. So he taught her that worshiping God was not done in any area, but instead by the Spirit. Right. The Samaritans were not liked by the Jews because they thought they could worship at the 
uh, at the place where they were, the Samaritans. Mm -hmm. But the Jews said you can only worship in Jerusalem. That's the right. only place. So that's where their riff was between them. Right. But, but he taught her here that we can see that it wasn't done in any area. Instead, it was done in the spirit. Right. So this last part we're going to look at is John 4, verses 21 to 24, and again out of the NIV. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is Spirit, and His worshipers must worship in the Spirit and in truth. And that's great, and that's how we are today. We are to worship in spirit and truth. It's not just all about going to a certain church. It's not just all about what pew you sit in or what denomination you are. It's just, it's not about that. It's about God. It's about worshiping in, in spirit and truth. Right. So that's how we are to come to him. All right. So uh, we're, gonna, we're fixing to close here, but what I want you to do is I want you to listen very closely to what Trish is about to say because if you get anything out of this, I want you to get this last little section out of it. So go ahead. Okay. So it's often that people forget their worth in the kingdom of God. People who are rich or popular in this life but don't have God think they're going to be respected if they go to heaven. That's just like we talked about. Even some believers who know about God and have a ministry think that they're going to be special when they get to heaven. But Jesus said over and over how the least will be the greatest. Amen. Amen. And that's the truth. That's the gospel truth again. Yeah. All right. So uh, we thank you guys so much for listening today. But the, at the end of every episode of The Messengers, we always give you, the listener, the chance to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior if you have never done this before. Or maybe you've done this before and you've backslidden and you just need to rededicate your life to Jesus. And it's, uh, but, but this is the most important decision that you will ever make in your entire life. Uh, it's more important than, you know, what college you're going to go to or how, what job you're going to get or what, what you want to do with your spare time or anything like that. Anything. This is an eternal decision. This is not a, a decision that can be taken lightly because once you make this, this decision, I'm not going to promise you that things are going to get better because Jesus even said in, the, in, in his word that uh, be ready for tribulation, basically. And the world will come against you, but have faith because Jesus also said, I have overcome the world. That's right. So let's look and see what God's word actually says we need to do. Uh, in Romans 10, verses 9 through 10, it says that if you will confess Jesus with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. If you skip a few lines down below that, to Romans 10, verse 13, it says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And that's important, is that might be saved. They will be saved. 
So by God's grace, he's already done everything to provide salvation. He sent his son Jesus to die on a cross. He shed his blood for your sins and for my sins so that we could have a place in heaven with him and we would not be eternally separated from him. So your part basically is to do two things. You just need to believe and you need to receive. It's not by the things that you do. It's not by what you believe. It's not by what church you go to. It's not by if your dad's a pastor or you know somebody that goes to church. It's nothing that you can do other than believe and receive that you can become a, uh, a, a, a heaven-bound Christian. So I would love for you to pray this out loud with me, but you need to believe it in your heart, what you're about to say, and you must repent of your sins. Repent is a military word. It means to make a 180 degree turn away from. So it means that you need to stop doing the sinning that you've been doing and live for, live for the Lord. So if you're ready to pray this out loud, I want you to say this, Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and Savior. I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. By faith in your word, I receive salvation now. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Amen. And that right there is the simple gospel I've been talking about this whole episode. You know, like I said, it's not what you say, it's not what you do, it's not who you know, but it's a heart decision you must make. Amen. Amen. So if you have just made that decision, we would love to hear from you and we would love to help you in any way that we can. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, we would love to send you one or show you how to get one on your phone or tablet or whatever. You may not have either one of those. You may need a physical Bible. Help, let us know. We, we'll do everything we can to help you. You can do this by going to our website, www.themessengersradio.com, and click on that contact link uh, at the top. And you can fill the little form out, and once you hit submit, that will go to both Trisha's email and my email. Or if you want to just email one of us, right above that, you'll see just our individual emails that you can copy and paste into an email to us. Right. But we would love to hear from you. We would love for you to go to our Facebook page. You can go to there. Uh, you can go to our website, and actually, at the top right, you'll see all of our social media links for not only Facebook, but also Twitter and Google Plus and SoundCloud and oh there's all sorts of yes. things YouTube <laughs> but we would love for you guys to not only visit those and and like us but let your friends know if if you've we'd love to hear from you if this has touched you in, in your heart in any way uh, these these lessons that we do yeah you know we enjoy hearing from you guys we, do. we think it's a very important that we get the word of God out there because I know everybody's saying this, but it is a truth that we are drawing near to the end. That's right. And, you know, you cannot, you're not promised tomorrow. You're not promised this afternoon. You're not promised this evening. You're not even promised in the next five, ten minutes. So, if you've made that decision, I want you to understand this, that, you know, you've got a big target on you right now. But the only way you're going to be able to get that target 
smaller <laughs> or yeah. anything like that is through the Word. You need to open the Bible. You need to find out what the Bible says about who you are and the decision that you just, just made. Yes. Amen? Amen. And you can go back through some of these radio shows and find out about the authority that you have. And, and there's a lot of stuff on here that you can listen to that you can find out now that you are a believer how you can live your life and Amen. live it for God. That's right. Amen. All right. So until next episode, we sure hope you guys have a great morning or afternoon or day. <laughs> That's right. We love you guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Messengers today. We hope this episode has been a blessing to you and it has encouraged you to go out and read the Bible to find out who you are and what the Bible says about you. You can join us on our website at www.themessengersradio.com for previous episodes. You can also join us on Facebook and Twitter. Simply look for Messengers Radio. 